This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Marquee, and I am currently sitting in a hotel room at the convention center in Salem, Oregon at the Marquee Dealer Conference. They are celebrating 40 years in 2020 and are releasing a bunch of new exciting product, and they were nice enough to invite me out to experience it all with their dealer base. Today we're talking to Steve Behrens, the CEO and founder of Clear Comfort, which is an AOP system for pools, and they have recently started making units specifically for hot tubs. Steve does a lot of speaking about the generational changes of buyers and along with clear comfort. That's what we're talking to him about today. I hope you enjoy. Well, Steve, thanks for agreeing to come on with us today. I appreciate it. You know, Jeff, we were talking a few weeks ago and I think you mentioned that you had actually brought clear comfort into your store, right? Yes. We're currently have the product on several hot tubs in different fashions. We have some working with some salt water. We have some working without. Uh, we have it on some swim spas a little differently. We're doing quite a bit of testing with it now, but we're coming down the home stretch. Well, we wanted to have Steve on to talk about the changing demographics in the hot tub industry, but obviously before we, we get into all that, we do want to talk about who you are and what you do and what your product is and what that does before we before we launch into our, our other topic. No problem. Could you just tell us how you got into the hot tub industry? I mean, I've interviewed you a few times, but I don't think I've ever heard the whole story about how you, how you ended up in pools and spas. <laughs> so I, I was listening to one of your other podcasts, uh, the founder of Finn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, you said you've never had anyone who's worked for NASA, Apple, and some others. I, I'm not quite the same, but I did work for NASA back in college. What? Uh, and I worked <laughs> for IBM for about 13 years and did a whole bunch of sales and marketing and product development. How uh, funny. And then I kind of shifted gears and went to the startup world. So I ended up here because I had kind of been focusing on kind of what we refer to as LOHAS, uh, lifestyle of health and sustainability. So those two key areas of health and sustainability on the businesses I was working in. This technology came up to me and was brought forward to me as something that could fit the pool and spa space. And that's how I ended up looking at the pool and spa space. Prior to that, my previous experience, uh, I retired from pools at 14 when my, my parents moved and we didn't have a pool anymore. I was very happy <laughs> at the time. That was uh, that was my first pool career. But I basically spent a lot of time taking a different look at the industry. This technology that we have has the ability to scale. So we do everything from spas to water parks. Mm-hmm. So it adds a bit of complexity. And we decided to do spas last. We spent a lot of time asking customers and asking major industry players in both the pool and spa space and facility operators and commercial pool folks, what their problems were, how this technology would address it, what the help we could give to them. And we basically were able to really understand the market, the channels involved, and spent a lot of time. And that was about six years ago now. Okay. And we first launched in commercial pools and residential pools, mostly because the technology was more suited to that. It was large and bulky. And then we subsequently redeveloped it and we're on our really fourth generation of product now, which is a spa product. And that product is one that's well suited for spas, I think. It should install easily and do things like that. So that's that's basically how I got to the space. I am not a longtime veteran of the space, but I really enjoy it. I like the people, the businesses that we deal with. It's been probably the most enjoyable segment I've ever worked in, and I really look forward to being in it for a while. Steve, tell me about scale. You mentioned scale. Can you get more into that a little bit? Yeah. So one of the challenges with any new product technology is, is it a point product, meaning it works really well for a very small segment, or can it go from one application to the next to the next? And Jeff, as you know, that a half million gallon competitive swimming pool is very different than a spa. In fact, in some ways, spas are better 
because they circulate faster. Everything is uniquely different. And so we approach this very much from a water care perspective and not a so much of what had been done in the past, but how things can be improved to improve total water care. Because at the end of the day, it's really about the customer experience. You know, we trademark this term swim happy because about four or five years ago, we realized if we can get people to enjoy water more, to swim happy, to experience water better, we win. We're, we're doing our job. And while that's incredibly simple, it was, it was something that we take to heart very deeply. And so as we looked at the scale, what we do for a two and a half million gallon water park like Big Surf is different, but essentially the same technology being applied. When we moved to spas, we chose not to just start selling into spas right away because the product wasn't ready for that. It took four years to get ready for spas. And the reason is spas require better packaging. Spas require a better form, fit, and function underneath the cover and the skirt of the hot tub. And so that's really important to understand. And we we understood that and we understood it had to integrate well. Not to say we're perfect at this point, but you know we learn every day, thanks to folks like yourself, Jeff, who give us the feedback. And so the reason we do all of our business direct is because we want that feedback, especially from spa dealers and pool dealers and commercial dealers. Could this be applied to other industries as well? It is applied. Actually, the way the technology came about and the way I got introduced to it was I was working in the sustainability and health areas, clean tech as well. And this was a company that had a technology that developed this for industrial water. So they developed okay. for fairly large water applications, cooling towers, power plants, aquaculture, you know, shrimp and fish and things like that. And now agriculture as well. And what happened was the actual investors and owners of the business started putting them on their pools and they found they were just amazingly beneficial to the pool. Depending on where they were, they could go very, very low chlorine or chlorine free. They were able to do some things and they were experimenting. They decided that it would be smart to license that because they weren't in that space. And I'm grateful, not just personally that they did that, but I think it's very hard to do this technology. Pools and spas, water people swim in is very different than single pass water treatment. I think uh, we, we basically were beneficial to each other and we're still very close to that company. We have the worldwide exclusive license for pools, spas, and water features. So you're not planning on moving into other industries. You guys are strictly going to stay in the pool and spa space. Actually, everything we do is entirely dedicated to pools and spas and water parks and things like that. For the people who don't know what exactly Clear Comfort does and how it works, could you kind of give us the the high level without getting super technical about what Clear Comfort is and what AOP is and all of that? Clear Comfort, we're the first ones to actually bring this whole AOP thing to Pools. We most people are talking about ozone or talking about ozone UV combination things, things like that. Um, when we start the conversation around what AOP is, AOP is advanced oxidation, and all that means it's very simple. It just means we excite oxygen, we put it in water, and we make it work better and faster at disinfecting the water and keeping it clear and clean. We have an unfair advantage. That's what our technology is based on. So we're not requiring two or three different parts to make that work. After we successfully tackled some large pool, uh, Olympic-sized pools, things like that, as well as the residential market, we sold our first 500 systems in the residential space in the first couple of years, year and a half, and then we redesigned the product again. We then started looking at the spa space. We always had an eye to the spa space, but I've always learned the closer you get to a consumer type offering, the more important it is to pay attention to to really packaging it right so that it's good for the customer, it's good for the dealer, and it's good for the manufacturer of the spa. And we we took a lot of care in that. And you know, we had a lot of people buying it for spas, ironically, that we weren't targeting. Uh, we probably had almost 100 different customers at that point before we launched using our pool product on spas. They, they, uh, the demand was coming to us, and then we redesigned a model for spas to work. Ours basically treats air and just injects it very simply in. We can use the existing infrastructure in the spa. We don't have to create a lot. What we ship is an installation kit that includes everything you need to make that work. And you guys just announced a collaboration with Jacuzzi, correct? Yes. This relationship has been an ongoing discussion for probably almost three years now. If you can work well with a company like Jacuzzi or other leading spa manufacturers, what you find is 
they understand all aspects. They understand the dealer aspect, they understand the customer aspect, and we're particularly attracted to Jacuzzi's focus on wellness. Uh, if you go back and look at the history of their company, their company was founded to do hydrotherapy in hot bathtubs for, it was a hundred year old company, 50 years into it, one of the Jacuzzi brothers uh, had a son with special needs and they developed this for his son. It was a very inspiring story. And that still is in their culture today. They still talk about that and how they they want to improve things for customers. So we were very pleased when end of last year, we were able to announce a collaboration where we're now available on all Jacuzzi brand dealers and their customers. And we're starting to roll that out right now. In fact, you know, as we speak, the Northeast show is going on, the Atlantic City show is going on, and we're having a lot of activity right now around spas and spa dealers because it's it's a strong desire for customers to have simpler, easier to manage water. And at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to deliver. We're trying to deliver a better water experience, an enjoyable one, uh, without the odor, without the chemical touching that you have to do constantly, things like that. That's what we're striving to deliver with the with the dealers we work with. Do you see this, Steve, as the future of water care? I do. I, you know, I, everyone asks, what's the future of water care? Mm-hmm. I think I think the future is being driven by simplicity, not complexity. It has to be easier. So what that means is when you take a product like a spy, you have to integrate better systems within it to be able to make it simpler and easier to use for the customer, easier to service and maintain for the dealer. We believe we're a strong part of that. By no means do we ever assume we're the only solution out there. We have a lot of respect for our competitors, and we believe that there's a lot of people who are trying to improve things. I think we have this ability to deliver something that's very, very unique and groundbreaking and and something that we're not afraid to say really changes the way people experience a spa. I've taken two or three of my friends' hot tubs. I don't have a pool or a hot tub, so (laughs) I, I have one across the street from me from part of our homeowner association. But so I went to friends and I said, I'm going to put this on your spa and just tell me what you think. I really didn't tell him a thing about it. This was about, it started about four years ago now, almost five. And the comments they made were, what did you do to it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, these were various age spas. One was very old, one was 12 years old. And then the other was about three or four years old. And I said, what do you mean? What do we do to it? And they said, well, it doesn't smell anymore. I haven't had to add any pH stabilizer. I haven't really added any chlorine or bromine to it. And I said, well, that's interesting. And you probably should have a little bit, but um, what's your experience? They said, well, it doesn't smell and the water feels better and it feels smoother. And those are all hard things to put on a specification sheet for a product to the point where it was embarrassing because one of the local spa dealers that we weren't working with at the time we are now came to me and said, I can't get this person to let go of your product. And I said, well, why do you want them to let go of it? He says, well, we don't have it. And I said, well, we'll fix that. The tenacity people have once they have this experience is completely different. And, and that's where we're most proud of what we're doing, the stories we get back from customers like that. And we get these constantly all the time about people being able to get in pools and spas when they weren't able to before. So I think the product itself is transformational in that people's fear of taking care of a spa is probably the one thing I hear the most about. And Jeff, you might be able to tell me if that's what you guys experience. I don't know if that's what you hear from customers a lot, but they look at this machinery and they say, what do I do with this? And I think it kind of scares them a bit. Sure. Um, the number one, the number one concern of a spa buyer is how do I take care of it? Yeah. We used to be in Costco's and people would walk up to us and say, man, I had one of those. They, they're impossible to take care of, or I've done, you know, and of course there's, it was years ago, but yeah, people, people get very frustrated trying to take care of their spa. Yeah. We see that happening all the time and spas are such an experiential thing. You know, you kind of got to take the plunge, no pun intended to, to try one, to be able to buy one and use it. And it's a big choice for a lot of people. And so we recognize that and 
what we want is to help make it easier for people who walk in the door of that spa dealership to be able to be comfortable that the care piece is better than anything else they're going to find. And it's simpler and it makes it easier for the spa dealer to say, yes, I'm going to come out once every 12 to 18 months and, and service the unit and that's it. Are they going to have to take care of the water? Absolutely. Do we recommend things like a purge every year? Yes, because it's a smart, you know, following manufacturer's directions is essential. But for us, we see this as the opportunity for people to really not have to do anything other than get in, enjoy the spa, not worry about what it smells like when you lift the lid. When you get in, you're enjoying it. When you get out, you close the lid and walk away. The constant dosing of chemicals, we hear this all the time. The last thing I want to do is have a relaxing spa and then have to grab a jar of chemicals that makes my skin dry out or or they're afraid of, even if it's unfounded, they're afraid of it. Right. So that, that, that experience piece of it is one that we're trying to help deliver a better total solution. And that's in concert with better circulation from spas like Jacuzzi, who has a great circulation system. There are others who do, there are others who do not. We've seen both cases that you know, circulation is the key to any body of water, including ourselves. We're just a bunch of walking around bodies of water for most part. Do you see, you talk a lot about the experience. Do you see as our demographics of the hot tub buyer change, do you see that the experience and the water care aspect becoming more and more important as we move into this kind of next generation of buyer? I think this next generation of buyer is demanding an entirely different experience from purchase to even to disposal. Oh, sure. You know, this kind of cradle cradle to grave mentality. They'd like to know that at the end of the life of the spa, which maybe it's 10 years or 15 years, whatever it is, that I can take this thing and maybe give it to somebody and they'll decompose it and reuse the parts. That buyer has a much broader view of things than quite frankly, my generation had. We were worried about how do I get in? What's it got? How many jets? We, we see you know, when the first time I started looking at the spa industry, it was jet count was everything. Now you walk into most spa stores and most people aren't talking about how many jets they'll, they might have on a spec sheet, but what they're really talking about is what's the experience? What's the mood lighting like for it? What's the look and feel of this thing going to be? You know, How well does it fit into my environment in my house? And then again, back to when I use it, how am I going to enjoy this experience? And I think you know that buyer is changing entirely and prioritizing different things. So you know we don't see the hyper focus as much when we're talking to dealers about pop-up TVs and all these other gizmos. What they're what they're really looking at is this health-enhancing, stress-relieving experience. We anticipate that that's going to be a bigger and bigger piece of the market. I think, in fact, the older generations are actually changing their buying behavior to more model those of Gen X and millennials and people like that. Are you starting to see that switch in desires of what people are looking for in their spa, Jeff, when they come into the store? You know, they want easy. I mean, they, yeah. they definitely want easy. I, I want to say it's probably different areas of the country where you go out to Southern California and it's the story's water conservation in the Northeast. That's, that's not something that we have a problem with. We don't have a drought. Our droughts last two months, three months, and then and then everything's good. I think every market has a little bit different what people are looking for, but people are looking for easy. And easy, I was just having this discussion with somebody, easy is moving your hand to the side of your car door and pressing a button that puts your window down, right? That's easy. That's what people want. They want easy. They want a light switch. They want a product that works in their spa and they have to do as little bit of work as possible. What we say is easy and what is easy are, are two different things. We're we're really working on a campaign to, to get people to understand the most important thing you need to do before you use any system is balance your water. Yeah. And that's something we're not shying away from. That's something that that's where all the problems start because your water is not balanced. Because if your water's balanced, then everything works from there forward. Steve, let me ask you, when we started out this conversation about AOP, about that, the, that technology, you mentioned yours is different. I was recently at a meeting, and in the meeting, we were it was kind of a roundtable. Somebody was unfamiliar with the term AOP, and then another person just kind of threw it out like, yeah, it's AOP, like all AOPs are the same. Can you share with us what makes yours a little bit different? AOP is AOP. It's just, all that means is I somehow create what's called a hydroxyl radical in the water. That's one oxygen and one hydrogen. Or if you want to take it the really simple way, pull one hydrogen off a water molecule and you have OH, which is 
a hydroxyl radical. They don't last very long. And so the game for AOP is how much of these can you create in the water at any point in time. They act very, very quickly and they do their job in the pipe. What's uniquely different about us is we're getting five to six times the amount of effectiveness for any amount of oxygen we start with. And that's because we're basically improving our ability over other types of technologies that rely on UV and ozone in combination to you take basically you're injecting ozone in front of a in the water in front of a uv bulb in the water and trying to create this chemical reaction in the water and things that you do in the water are much harder than doing it in the air what we do is we treat we treat the air and directly inject o1 molecules into the water which directly creates a hydroxyl radical in the water and by doing that that gives us this five to six times advantage over other technologies. And so when you look at our systems, and the best way I can explain this is talk about the ridiculous scale uh, that we're talking about before, Jeff, Mm -hmm. about um, the scale of what we do in a Olympic-sized pool. Take a 670,000-gallon body of water, which is about the average for Olympic-sized pools. We use two of our taller, four-foot-high systems that treat that one pool. We're able to treat that pool in comparison to other systems like UV and things like that and get effective treatment without having huge amounts of other equipment like oxygen concentrators and dehydrators and things like that. We're able to work very effectively. And the measurement of that is how much oxidation are you bringing to the water? The nice part about a large pool like that is they use a lot of chlorine. What we end up doing is even if you leave your chlorine, let's say at three parts per million at the same level. We're going to use 30 to 50% less chlorine to achieve that three parts per million. That is the amount of oxidation we're bringing to the water. It's much, much more. And that's that unfair advantage I was talking about before. So if you're looking at how that applies to a spa, what that means is we can very, very quickly treat the spa create a, a water state that's better and healthier and inhibits growth of things like slime and other things better than other things. Is it, you know, do you still have to purge? Yes. We still want you to purge. We think you should purge a spa annually. There's so many moving parts in the spa that we recommend they get a dealer to come purge it. We don't recommend customers doing the purge themselves because <laughs> they usually don't do it right. <laughs> But, um, you know, we've, we've seen the benefit of that. So it is about maintaining the water. We feel this kind of ability to deliver a lot of oxidation to the water is so unique that we had to package it right. And that's, you know, how we came into the spa space directly is to make sure it was the right amount in the right circulation modes and the right amount of flow. I love the product. I've had it in my, my spa for about four months and uh, I've never had a hot tub that didn't get squirrely in that four month period away at the there's just no smell and it's it's such a you smell the water the water smells fresh it's it's a very nice i really think it's it's interesting now as a retailer it's something that you know that it isn't is not an inexpensive product but it's worth it it's not inexpensive to have valet services on your hot tub but people want it and so i think i believe it's all about being able to explain to the customer clearly what it how it's going to help them and and uh, go from there We're, we're working on a way to try to integrate it with our valet too. I think, you know, and I think where you're going, we talked about customer experience. Customers don't want to make a lot of choices about what they have to do to take care of their spa. Sure. I do a presentation and I talk about killing the dream. When I walk into a really nice spa store, it's a wonderful experience. There's got a aroma machine. It's got nice music playing. It's aesthetically pleasing to look at. The person's walking in hoping to have quite frankly, one of two things, a romantic view of a spa or a family view of one. One leads to the other, I guess, but <laughs> but that's those are the two things they walk in the door. The last thing they want to be told is, here's all your choices about how to take care of this at the end. We learned this from the cell phone industry. You know, we used to have a lot of choices. We used to have long distance plans and texting plans and airtime minute plans and people just want one number. Just give me one number, I'll pay it and I'll use it and I'll enjoy it. Yeah, And I think, Jeff, where you're going with valet, with packaging at the point of purchase is, I think, where it gets to. And then the cost isn't the big issue. So, no, our systems are not inexpensive at all. Generally, we're usually you know on par with the most expensive other things out there in the market. But if you're packaging this at the point of purchase or you're packaging as part of a valet service and an upgrade to someone who has a spa, it's 
easier to do because it's not a you're not selling a clear comfort system or some kit of parts. You're selling them an experience, and they're able to buy the experience and not have to think about it. And part that's part of the experience is they don't have to think about it. Well, exactly, and it's amazing what people will pay to just flip their cover back, go and enjoy their hot tub. And close it when they're done. Do you think this idea of, of packaging everything together, do you think that's kind of part of the changing of the generations as well? I feel like the baby boomer generation, for one, they're paying cash for stuff. And so they want to know what their price is right now. They're going to pay it and be done. Whereas people more from my generation, we uh, buy everything on credit. <laughs> so we want it all packaged out. We want to know what our payments are. We want to know what we're going to be out every month. We don't maybe necessarily care about what the end cost is. It's like, can I afford this every single month? Not what's the total cost? There's some statistics out about baby boomers. And I'm the last of the baby boomer years. I was born in 63. So you can do the math. I like to say I'm 40, 16 now, but I'm 56. <laughs> As the last of the baby boomer generation, they have the largest disposable income. Uh, excuse me. They have the largest amount of capital, personal capital to bring to a purchase. So yeah, they're going to walk in. They're more likely to buy it with a check than any other group of people. When you look at Gen X, who's right behind us, that group of people is more inclined to be dealing with things like, I'm worried about kids going off to college in a couple of years. I'm dealing with the house upgrades because I want to get to a better school district. So they're more likely to put things into mortgages, put them into longer term financing. And then the youngest generation, I think, like every youngest generation, I don't think they're any different. Uh, you start making money, you get excited, and you start to buy some things on credit. <laughs> I, I don't like the millennial bashing. You know, if you're in business today, you know the statistic right now is the largest number of pools being purchased. I don't know about spas. Jeff, you might be able to comment, but the largest number of pools being purchased are being purchased by millennials right now. And so you know, I give a presentation talk uh, as well. A lot of our presentations have less to do with us and more to do with the market. I give a talk about what that means. You know, it means if your store is set up to make a baby boomer happy, you probably miss the target completely. Baby boomers are actually easier to please than millennials are. Really? They are because millennials have a higher expectation. That Back to what Jeff was talking about, their expectation of completeness of the purchase is very, very high. They expect things to all be included. And so that's an advantage really for a good spa dealer to be able to wrap that into the purchase right up front and not, you know, not let that go to chance down the road, but have that all packaged in. I think that's something that we don't, we unfortunately don't pay attention to. Pool builders are a little bit behind the times. The spa dealers I've seen are much more in tune with this and much more adept at understanding that. And we see a pool or a pool spa combination dealer of ours, they they seem to get the whole spectrum of it. And they seem to understand when someone walks in, you know, sell to that person, don't sell your product, learn what they care about, and then address that. I was kind of curious if you thought that the changing of the demographics with the baby boomers starting to go away and the younger generation starting to become more of our target, our target market, if you saw that as a threat, just from the, the money standpoint, like we were talking about but it sounds like it's really more uh, the industry needs to be able to adjust than worrying about our customer going away. I actually, I think it's the biggest opportunity to the spa business that's probably happened since the baby boomers started buying spas 30 plus years ago, 40 years ago. The opportunity then was there's a huge number of buyers, the baby boomers being so such a large number of people. But I think the biggest opportunity is to be able to address this new need and to get a higher number of the population to buy a spa. And I'll give you some trends as to, you know, what you think about. There's more and more people who are renovating older neighborhoods, which means a lot of times they're smaller houses. That's an opportunity to say, okay, I'm not going to put a pool in, I'm going to put a spa, or I want to have that integrated in when I purchase that. And then the other thing, quite frankly, they need is, and I think they recognize this, there's all sorts of, ironically, there are apps that help them unplug from digital content. I think that's the most ironic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just turn it off. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm, not, I'm the old guy, I guess. Yeah, it drives my kids nuts when I said my phone was off. They said, how can you do that? <laughs> You're not supposed to ever turn it off. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, I'm just going to shut my heart off for a while and turn it back on later. No, I think, I think this is, a, this is a huge opportunity here. And for customers who want to unplug and relax, and I've thrown this out to a couple of dealers. I said, 
if I was selling spas right now, I would offer the digital detox model, oh. almost like the isolation chambers. You know, the, if you look, one of our customer segments, a weird little segment that's kind of pops its head up every now and then are these float tanks. Very, very popular with younger generation. Why? Because they can't use their phone in there. It's quiet. It gives them a, a detox. And I think spas can absolutely be used in the same way, encouraging them to say, okay, well, uh, do not disturb mode on your phone. Integration like that would be incredibly important for that experience. And I think they value that. I saw uh, an app that was to meditate that turns off all phone ringing and allows you to meditate for a half hour. And I'm like, well, you just turn the phone off and meditate. But <laughs> to me, it, it's just indicative of this. This is what this generation is going to crave. And a spa fits right into that. Yeah, you're right. I think that's that's really a smart way of looking at it. So in addition to the shutting off and getting away, do you think that wellness is going to be more important for selling spas going forward too? I feel like we've the industry has really started to kind of embrace sort of the, the wellness message. Some people think we've gone too far that way and we need to come back to more of the family fun aspect. I don't know. Where do you, where do you fall on that? I think wellness has to come away from the clinical aspect of wellness. It has to go to more of the holistic aspect of wellness. This is part of what makes me have lower stress, have a time to relax, a time to connect. One of the most valuable things I did, I think we had with our kids when they were growing up and they've told us this was we always had dinners together. In having dinner together, you kind of had this experience and the phones weren't as prevalent back then, but that connection point is something that people are starting to crave again. And a spa is the ultimate time to sit down with your family and connect or your spouse or others. The the whole aspect of that is not only wellness from the side of, is it maybe help my blood pressure or this or that? It's more about, it helps my frame of mind. You know, I know when we use spas, it is entirely about that. And I think that wellness has to have that perspective, not the perspective of, I'll give you an example. I was doing a training at a spa store at a, a young man who was one of the sales team said to me, well, what's the ROI? And I said, well, what do you mean by ROI? And he goes, he goes, well, it's what to save me money on chemicals, to save me money on this, to save me money on that. And I pointed to the door, we were in the showroom and I pointed to the door and I said, what's the last person who walked through that door trying to save money? Everyone who walks through that door is trying to have an experience and enjoy something in life. And there's a value to it that they've almost decided just by virtue of the fact they're walking in that door, that they're considering that. And he said, well, is there an ROI? He says, what about chiropractor visits? I said, no. <laughs> I said, I don't think people want to talk. They don't. Want, you don't want to compete with chiropractors. What you want to compete with is the thing that no one else can compete with, which is the experience of enjoying a spa. You know, chiropractors are not very enjoyable. I've gone to a few. I don't want to go play on their field. I'd rather let chiropractors come figure out how they sell spas because they can't get enough people in their office because they're all using spas too much. I think that's, to me, the, the most important thing is, as an industry, we have to sell the value and the value we deliver is the experience. And the more we can talk about that, the happier our customer is going to be and the better service we're going to give them. What do you think are some ways that retailers can do that? I think packaging is key. And when I when I hear Jeff talk about valet services and things like that, the more you can do to make it easier for the customer after they purchase and not have to make a decision later. It sounds like you're being greedy. You want to get all the dollars in the door. It's really not that in the end. It's about having a happier customer. And a happier customer is one who doesn't think about it. You know, I have an Apple phone. So this Apple Care thing is because I don't worry about it. I just don't worry about that. The more we can completely clothe that spa purchase in this kind of cradle to grave mentality of we'll take care of this whole thing for you. That's building a customer for life. That's not building a customer for a day or a month. And they know that you're committed to them because you've guaranteed them the service level, whatever it is you've packaged in, to me is incredibly important. And, and one where I think the smart dealers that I've seen out there are doing a better and better job of that. Do you think that that needs to start before the customer even walks through the door? I mean, in your in your marketing, in your website, in your messaging, are you trying to convey that before someone gets inside? Or is it really about the conversation once they get to your store? I think the question comes, how many people can you attract to the store with the message of the easiest to care for, the best service, 
the best, simplest, easiest purchase of a spa possible. If you can do that, you're going to drive more people to the door. One of the things we provide dealers is an example, because there's a lot of, you know, Jeff was talking about the price is not cheap. It's pretty much on par with the most expensive uh, systems out there. We priced it to match kind of where the, the salt systems are out in the market today. And in the spa space. And, and when we looked at that, we said, what, you know, what is, what do I talk to them about? How do I help them understand what that value is? And the value is coming from, I've built in a system that makes it easier to maintain over the long haul. And so that purchase, whether, you know, it's a $10,000 spa, now it becomes a eleven or $12,000 spa. It's, it's so essential for that customer to see that that's been part of that purchase. The more you can bundle that in the presentation mode, I know everyone has to go for price points in this industry, but I like the dealers I've seen who don't go for the price point to match other price points, but try to get others to sell up to their value point. You know, if you're going to put a $12,000 price on something, well, make that equivalent to having the customer have to go to your competitor and ask, well, what, what's included in your $10,000 spot? Okay, well, can you add this in? Can you add that in? All of a sudden, their $10,000 becomes 13, and you've shown you have better value because you've thought about it ahead of time and you're definitely going to win that customer. And when we talk about the one thing in this very competitive spa market is every customer who walks in the door has value, has an extreme value. When we talk to people, we talk about how to convert people using our system, how to use it as an advantage to have them understand the value of what it brings so that, yeah, this is $1,000 more than what you're looking at over here. But here's what you're not going to have to worry about. And if they can get that too, one of the benefits of doing that with us at the factories or at the uh, dealership is we're able to deliver that value. And so the, the dealer's making good margin and delivering a total solution that's better. I think that's true. I mean, as a customer who goes, you know, when you go in to buy something, I really do want them to just tell me what I need. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to think about it. I mean, I don't want them to fool me, but at the same time, it's like, if this is going to make it easier to care for and make it less stressful and then the, yeah just tell me just tell me what to do i don't need to decide or hear about how the hydroxyls i just want to know what it right. i just want to know it's going to work <laughs> we, we almost never talk about hydroxyls because of that we just talk yeah. about clear coverage and one of the things you know jeff i'd love your feedback on this when we talk to people there's two different types very different buyers that we've seen in spas we see one's the first time buyer and the other is the repeat buyer First-time buyer is more, which much more swayed by the bells and whistles. The repeat buyer knows I want a certain seating configuration, I want a reliable system, I want good water quality. I want. We see this very different experience based on a repeat buyer versus a first-time. Do you see that as well, Jeff? Oh yeah. I mean, you you basically have small, medium, and large spas, and then with a lounge or without a lounge. They're your two choices. Right. You can go small, medium or large or you can get it with or without a lounge. And they do studies. The studies have shown that first time buyers want a lounge. And then and then when they come back to buy their second spa, they don't want a lounge. So it's it's, huh. it's that it's that mentality of not knowing what they want yet. You know, they look at things like cover lifters and say they're ugly. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, they're lifesavers. If I didn't, have <laughs> lifters, I wouldn't use my hot tub. So, right. yeah. It absolutely does. It. I remember being at a seminar once where a guy said, all things being equal, always buy the cheapest. And then and then his his next follow up point was, what are you doing not to be equal? It falls in line with things like clear comfort. Right. It, it falls in line with things, you know, integrated salt systems, things that are not equal to everybody else and will make it more enjoyable. You know, you mentioned two types of customers. There's those that hate to pay their service bill, and there's those that are more than happy to pay their service bill. That is huge to us because the ones that are happy to pay extra for for valet, they're just happy to use their hot tub. And anything to make it easier, they have no problem paying for. Uh, you alluded to it earlier in this conversation. When people walk into the store, they're not walking in there because they don't have money to buy our product. Right. It's a, it's a totally different mentality. They have the disposable income. You just have to figure out how to put it in such a way that, that people go, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. And I'm willing to pay for it. And that's exactly where we see it as well. I think I travel a lot 
that means I have my cell phone and I get in a rental car. I get in the rental car and I have to connect it. I know where you're going, yeah. The difference to me is when a dealer integrates everything you need, it's more like CarPlay. Yeah. Then, quite frankly, I don't want to bash any car manufacturer um, in case they become a customer of ours. Their systems are not very adequate compared to CarPlay or Google, uh, the Google systems when it comes to integrating your phone to your car. I think that's because that they don't understand that. And, you know, I think what the spa dealer has this unique insight to is understanding that customer. You know, there's a few manufacturers like Jacuzzi out there who are understanding that customer, understanding they want a complete solution. And that's something that we feel is incredibly important. And, you know, and I don't even want to put this in the back burner, but um, one of the things you asked, what's different about Gen X and, and millennials? You know, sustainability, eco-friendliness, uh, experiential integration, all these things are the key aspects of what they're looking for. And they're by far, I don't mean to sound morbid, but I can say this as a baby boomer. If a baby boomer walks into your store, that might be the last spa they're going to buy. Yeah, you're right. If, if the others walk in, it might be one of the first, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, Jeff, about that second purchase and third purchase, the value of that customer to a business that wants to be around for 20 years is going to be much higher to cater to the customer who's demanding these things that are a little different than we're used to. You uh, brought up your smartphone. So I'm going to ask, I mean, how do you see the internet and smartphones impacting how hot tubs are sold in the future? I think there's a combination of integration and isolation. There has to be some integration so that you can do things if you want music or you want things like that or control of your hot tub, remote control, and maybe some self-reporting. But the isolation has to happen when you get in the water. It might be that, like I was referring to earlier, that this app is smart enough to know, don't bother me, I'm enjoying myself right now. Go into do not disturb mode. When you turn the jets on and you're sitting in there, but on do not disturb for your phone huh. as an option. Um, yeah. That's the isolation part so that you can fully enjoy the experience. The other piece, though, is absolutely sensing and reporting. I was listening to the discussion on the, the Finn podcast and others. I think technologies like that are the future of how to manage it. And it also helps because more and more of these are now becoming connected to the dealer. So back to the valet service, you can now have a connected spa where Jeff's going to know something's wrong with the spa before the customer. I mean, that's the ultimate of what a customer wants. Yeah. That someone calls and says, I think there's, you know, we need a service on your, just like my car does now. My car is a Hyundai and it, I get a call uh, if there's something going on. Uh, from the dealer saying, we saw the sensor go off and, you know, we think you should come in and have this checked. That to me is much better service level. I don't feel like I'm being sold anything. I feel like I'm being, uh, the problems are being handled for me. Yeah. Well, with all that said, though, I, I, I would say one of the unique things about your product is you install it and you turn on a switch and it's it. It's a button that you push and it turns on the device and the device does its job. We were intentional about that. Because if you have if you have zero control integration, which is essentially what we have, is what you're referring to. I don't have to specially program it, do anything like that. The only thing we will do in the future is complete integration. I don't believe in having things halfway there. Either you make it super simple or you make it fully integrated. Fully integrated is when we're going to be selling these to a spa manufacturer and they put it in their factory and they want fully integrated. That would be a very valuable thing as well. How they do that and how they, you know, is up to them of how they integrate that. We're having those discussions now. But to me, it's you either keep it super simple or you fully integrate. If you're left in the middle, you usually have less than adequate product. This episode is brought to you by Marquee. Aquatic training vessels are much more than a traditional swim spa. Hydrodynamic flow design and control, plus a unique range of pumps and jet arrays deliver water flow users can customize for their aquatic workout. The Kona's exclusive system design uses six Whitewater 4 jets to deliver water flow beyond the volumes created by the pumps, delivering up to 39% more flow than comparably sized competitive jets. Plus, two mid-vessel buoyancy jets provide mid to lower torso lift during swimming. 
The V-150 Party Swim Tub utilizes whitewater four jets, three swim jets, and two footwell jets, plus directional, conal, and orbital jet pods and eight therapy seats. To learn more, visit atvswimspas.com. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Are you ready for the uh, Spa Retailer 10? I am ready. Jeff, do you want to start or should I? I'll start. Where do you like to vacation? Where's your best place you like to go? What's your favorite vacation spot? All right. So this is going to sound pretty lame, but I travel a lot. So for me, I live in a be- lucky enough to live in a beautiful spot in Colorado. It's when I don't get on a plane and I go somewhere locally or just enjoy being here. That said, I'm very much looking forward to my wife and I. We celebrated our 30th anniversary last year. Our present to each other was three different trips. And now we're doing another trip this year uh, back to England. So I'm looking forward to that very much. Oh, good for you. That sounds like a blast. We're in Colorado, are you? We're in Boulder. Okay, so you get to see those mountains up close and beautiful. I, I still blows me away every time you uh, drive from the airport to Denver and those mountains just get bigger and bigger and it's uh it, it is hard to describe yeah. um, the most impressive thing is you drive from like you're saying from the airport and you go into the mountains and any of the canyons that you go up and then you realize just how large the rocky mountains are it's amazing absolutely so what about a favorite restaurant or even type of food we'll we'll accept that as well we cook a lot at home but we have a very modest uh, mexican food restaurant that is close to the house we know everyone there for 20 years and so it's kind of like going home (laughs) for dinner they know our kids and now my grandkids so it's really nice yeah you can't go wrong with with mexican food or was it jeff are you the one that doesn't like mexican food it's not that I don't like that. I no, it's not the. It, no, I mean, I don't know how I would put that. I would phrase it as being not my favorite, um, but worked in the pinch a few times. <laughs> it, you remember? I mean, you've been doing this. It's relatively new. Uh, who was your first customer? I, it's kind of a funny story. We we opened the office doors on April first, uh, April Fool's Day. Yes, we made our first sale of a unit to a gentleman who lives about 20 miles from us who heard about us through our investors. We were, it's quite embarrassing. The unit was, it could not fit in the spa. We had to attach it to the side of the spa. Uh, It was a spa. (laughs) Our very first system sold was to a spa. He's one of those people who we had to encourage to take better care of the water because he kind of just figured everything was great and it was he just the minute that the the cartridge wore out everything went bad kind of one way you can tell when our system's not working is but he he ended up the end of the story is he liked it so much he asked to be an investor <laughs> so so he's actually one of our investors now which is nice you mentioned that you worked for NASA and and IBM so that's a second time for us but what was your first your first real job so not counting working for my dad cleaning cars on a car lot oh i was uh, my first job was actually in high school for IBM oh. doing chip layout as part of like a internship but that was my first exposure to ibm and that led to after i graduated grad school a 13-year career with them wow my nasa work was in between (laughs) well if you weren't doing this what would you be doing i really enjoy building and making and right now i enjoy doing that with business i enjoy it used to be the thing i used to really enjoy well the gizmo or the thing to me it's more about the people and the relationships you build one of the reasons i really like this business is the relationships are, are real. There's a lot of family businesses. These people are not going to go swap jobs in two years. This is a family commitment to their their family, and I have a real profound respect for that. So I really couldn't even tell you if I was doing something else, but it would probably be along the lines of building another business. Have you ever had something completely flop in your career? It doesn't have to be at Clear Comfort, but in any of the other businesses you've worked on and worked for? I, I have. It's kind of when you learn the most about how to maintain integrity and ethics and, and how you make customers for life. It's, I think, when you earn your character. We had a product um, at a previous company that I actually moved to Colorado for. I was in Arizona. I moved to Colorado for this company. Very young company. We shipped about a million dollars of the product. It was a data storage product into the channel. And we voluntarily, at a very tentative time of the business, was our first million dollars of product to pull it all back. Oh, no. um, And refund everything and then relaunch it three months later. But I'll tell you, the 
business grew from zero to 200 million uh, under one of my mentors' uh, leadership because he did that. You you talk about a hard decision that could have put us out of business entirely, but uh, what it did was it got a lot of respect from our customers, from from our resellers and people like that. In the end, the company was incredibly successful. Yeah, that uh, that would have been a gut check moment for sure. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. What's the best idea you had? I, I think I have an idea. <laughs> you know, the biggest game-changing thing I've done, Clear Comfort is obviously a a transformative piece. I think one of the things, you know, if I t- if I don't just avoid plugging our product, I would also say equally on par was when my the last thing I did at IBM before I left was. I ran a program that was a cooperative arrangement between Hewlett Packard and Seagate and ourselves. And we were fierce competitors and we came up with a new data storage format. It's now 20 years later, the largest, still largest selling data storage format for archive tape on the planet and the largest that's ever sold. To me, that was a really interesting challenge because you're trying to get competitors to work together. We called it coopetition. What I learned was through that experience, customer first, customer first, customer first, and then we can all make money later. If we just pay attention to the customer, we're going to all be better off. What's the scariest leap of faith you've ever taken in in business or just in life? Probably leaving IBM. My career was doing very well. They offered me a spotted headquarters working on the CEO's staff at the time, on Lou Gerstner's staff, and I chose the complete opposite direction, which was to go to work for a startup. Um, and and that was the gut check time as well. And I can say it was one of the scarier times in my career, but it turned out to be absolutely the right thing for me. IBM's a wonderful company, lots of friendships there, but for me, it was the right thing because I wanted to go build and make. Okay. How about your mentors? Who, who has been some good mentors for you? I've been very lucky. I had good mentors starting all the way back in, I had two women who were my managers, uh, First one in IBM was incredibly insightful and taught me a lot about making choices in my life rather than just chasing a ladder. And another woman later on who helped me learn how to really network better. She was incredibly, uh, her name was Charlene Murphy, and she was a wonderful person in my life. And then a CEO I worked for who I watched his leadership was built on relationships, not on power or dictatorial kind of control. And uh, that was influential to me. Do you have a favorite book or television show or podcast or all three? <laughs> well, this podcast is, of course, the best. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other answer to that question? I mean, you'd be surprised. My problem is I have a lot of odd interests. So for me, favorite books can be fiction. I tend to like more biography type books. Um, I find I really am interested in the story of how somebody became who they are. You know, I've enjoyed a lot of those. I think you learn a lot from a well-told story of how people came to be, which I think is, to me, one of the more fun things. Yeah, that's my favorite part of my job is getting to learn people's stories and their backstories and how they got to where they are. It's That's what I love about doing this. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I really appreciate it. It was it was good to learn about more about Clear Comfort and about you and what you guys are doing, but just kind of about your view of the of the spa industry and what's what's changing and what's coming. Well, thank you. Appreciate it, and uh, appreciate you guys paying attention to what we're doing. And uh, love the the line of questioning you've got because it's very much more important than any one product. It's about where this industry needs to go. So, thank you. podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com.